This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. And it's Tuesday, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Just me today, Andy has some things going on this afternoon, was not able to join us today, so we'll have him on Friday for a movie day. We do have Jordan Goodman, though, America's Money Answer Man, with us this first hour. Hello, Jordan. Great to be with you, John. Always a joy. Yesterday's impossible question for those listening on August the 7th, 1974. Philip Pettit was charged with criminal trespassing and disorderly conduct. What did he do? He performed a high-wire walk between the Twin Towers at a height of 1,350 feet, and was arrested for that. I remember that. Well, there was a movie made about that, actually. I think that's correct, and I think I saw that. Yes, you are correct. Great movie, because it showed all the training he did to make that possible. He didn't just go do it. He, he trained for months to be able to do it, how to get the wires on both sides, yep. how to do it. I mean, he was a real expert at these things. Charlie said it's Man on a Wire is the name of the movie. So those of you that like to watch that, there you go. All right. Th- today's a possible question. Answer this on the RushToReason.com website. On August 8th, 1988, the Chicago Cubs hosted their first blank. Answer that on the RushToReason.com website. So, Jordan, uh, lots al- always things going on. It never fails and i know we've got things in our notes but i wanted to start today with i read an article today talking about china and their on their exports falling they are down some 30 percent on a worldwide basis even though china is doing things with russia and ukraine or you know russia and the ukraine war and they're exporting things to russia it is not making up the lackluster exports that are happening around the world correct yeah china's economy is in real real bad shape here because uh, they've been a manufacturing powerhouse for decades, and that's the way they brought in all this money to build up their military and build all this real estate and infrastructure and all that, and, and people are buying less Chinese stuff, uh, sometimes because they don't want to be dealing with China. And some right. of the that had been made in China has been reshored, as they call it, back to America or to Mexico or to Vietnam or Thailand or Bangladesh and other places where the labor is even cheaper. So they've been losing market share. Um, and, yes, I think that's, that's just another example of how their economy is in trouble. The other one clearly is the real estate market. Now, right. now this right. last week, their largest um, uh, real estate developer, um, I forgot the name of it, but anyway, it's a very large one. Uh, they're about to default on billions in debt because wow. they have all these buildings, apartment yep. buildings they're building, yep. that are half done, uh, never got started, and people bought them and put their life savings into it, into an apartment that will never be delivered. Yep. Uh, so they're getting sued, and people are all mad at them, and it's just a complete mess. And the government can't really bail them out as such, because the government has a huge amount of debt as well. That was a major part of the growth of the internal Chinese yep. economy, yep. was all this real estate that was being built and all this infrastructure. But it was being done with debt. Okay, so it, that's not a good way to do it. 
and now you have all these ghost cities and all these people who've lost their life savings to apartments they'll never get. And there's just a lot of very angry people. Now, the difference in China is you can't express your anger. That's right. You can't say anything. That's right. That's right. No no retaliation there at all. (laughs) But even in this case, there have been protests at some of these real estate sites saying, give me my money back. You know, I can't. I'm never going to get this apartment. Right. There have been protests. It wasn't against the government. It was against the developers who aren't delivering what they promised to in in contracts. So when it gets extreme... They do protest a little bit in China. So here's a question for you, and and I don't have a crystal ball, although I'm wondering in this particular case, given the cozy relationship we have between our current administration and China, which we've seen through a lot of Hunter Biden's dealings and so on, do you feel China putting pressure on the Biden administration to get the Fed to back off of some of what they've done, which, in my opinion, has also driven some of this lackluster exports for China because people just aren't buying the goods they once were? Because, frankly, Jordan, they're paying other bills. They, they can't afford to. They've even shifted some of what they're doing into other areas. And the, the bottom line is they're not buying the new stuff they once were. And part of that, I believe, is due right. to the Fed. The Fed wanted that, by the way. But do you feel some of that that pressure, that coziness that's between China and the current administration will rub off on the Fed? No. I think the Fed is independent. They're not considering uh, the impact on China at all. That's not even in their calculations. And I would not say Biden administration is so cozy. Yes, I know all the stuff happened with Hunter Biden. But just look at what happened in the last two or three days. China and Russia sent 11 warships going around the Aleutian Islands in Alaska. Saw that. Very kind of threatening thing. And we sent some destroyers. I mean, they almost started shooting at each other. <laughs> World War III almost started in the last two days. Uh, so they're being very, very aggressive. They're being very aggressive around Taiwan and sending ships and planes. And I, I saw a video that they did showing the missiles going into Taiwan. I mean, they're being very aggressive politically. Uh, around the world while their economy domestically is falling apart. Well, I've said this many times, and I don't think um, I'm wrong in this. Desperate countries do desperate things, and you're seeing that with China right now. That's my biggest fear of them, by the way. It's not the powerhouse that they once were and all of their, you know, frankly, I I feel better when they're doing better economically because I don't think they'll flex their muscles in some of these areas like they are now. My feeling is they're doing this because they're hurting economically. I agree, and I think the same thing happened with Russia. It's, it's almost like a distraction yep. for all the bad things going on domestically. If you go, you have to rally around the flag, I guess. And, and that's what I'm concerned about, Agree. is that they're going to attack Taiwan. I, mean, I agree. It, it would be insane to do so, but I think they could do that. If you just listen to what Xi is saying, he is saying we are going to annex Taiwan and bring it back to the motherland by 2027. I mean, you could disagree with him, but that's what he's literally saying. And I hope he doesn't. But that's the beginning of World War III right there. Yeah, because that, as you know, that sets up all sorts of things. You know, the wheels in motion, they're already in motion, in, in, you know, to a large extent. And I think what they're – and this, again, will have a lot to do with what happens in our election this next year. But depending upon who wins and what the outcome of that is, that could not bode well for them in the end. I won't think it'll bode well for them anyways, but that could change the picture greatly. It could. Uh, I deal a lot in the fuels markets, John. And one of the things I've noticed recently is the U.S. Navy is buying up all the fuel they can find anywhere in Asia because they're gearing up for a war in Taiwan. Uh, I, I have that from inside sources. Okay. Uh, because that would they, make they sense. said they can't get yep. diesel fuel because uh, the Navy's buying it all. <laughs> so 
that's just one example. Yep. We're, we're getting ready on our side for what we think is coming. Well, and I think that, you know, even uh, I tried explaining this to somebody the other day that asked me, you know, what, why does you know, diesel fuel do what it does? And given that I, you know, not you, I don't trade in it, but I'm in the automotive world. I know how that end of it works. I know how refineries work and how they do diesel fuel and so on. And the misconception is diesel comes out of gasoline and it doesn't. It's a refined product all on its own. It costs more today because it's low sulfur. That's a whole other conversation. But bottom line, we make diesel fuel in batches based upon what we feel the next quarter's use will be because diesel fuel doesn't have the same shelf life to it that gasoline has. So we do it differently than we do gasoline. And when you've got what you're talking about happening, which makes total sense, there's going to be less of it around, you know, less supply of it, if you would, that's going to push the price up, which is what's happening right now. That's right. And then on top of that, you have what Russia has been doing with Ukraine, which is to stop them from exporting grain and uh, fertilizer and various things like that, which is causing a amount of problems in the Middle East and Africa. They were relying on that. I mean, it's just brutal what's happening. The Russians are bombing uh, the grain storehouses and the ships, and Ukraine is hitting the ships of Russia. I mean, it's, it's getting to, really, the war is escalating dramatically with Russia and Ukraine, and it's hurting the rest of the world and raising food prices, because I heard that Ukraine supports something like 13% of the world's calories, something like that. It's a major, major grain and fertilizer exporter. Yep. No, that's exactly right. All right. We'll be right back. If you've got a question for Jordan, by the way, please send us a text message. I'll get that to Jordan. We'll get that answered as well. 307-282-22. Extreme Auto Repair coming up next. Anything you need when it comes to your vehicle and the maintenance of and the extending the life of, which is how you do that. And, you know, you do that through proper maintenance, like I said a moment ago. Anything you need, they'll give them a call today, 303-841-1071. Everyone has had a bad experience getting car repairs done, and that's what motivates the team at Extreme Auto Repair. Trust. Extreme wants to build lasting relationships with their clients, so when their ASE master mechanics do inspections, they use a computer program to document the whole process. And if something doesn't seem right, they use a small camera to give you a video of the problem, so you can see for yourself. Extreme Auto Repair is also a pillar in the Parker community. Having established their shop in 1999 in the same location that they use now, Sean and the staff at Extreme built their business on word of mouth, which says a lot about the confidence they inspire in their customers. Another trust indicator is that a large part of their business is built on repairing professional vehicles, ambulances, vans, and buses that can cause damage or even death if they break down. If ambulance services trust Extreme Auto Repair to maintain their vehicles, you should too. So go to klzradio.com slash extreme to schedule your maintenance, repair, or inspection today. Bruce Simmons, he is our reverse mortgage specialist, and we may get into ways where the reverse mortgage may help some of you. And if you've got a question for Bruce, please reach out. He can answer all of that for you. He's been doing this for 20-plus years. 303-467-7821. A reverse mortgage can make sense for you if you are properly prepared. KLZ's reverse mortgage professor, Bruce Simmons, can help make sure you are ready. Many things you do not need to do first, like paying your bills off first or making certain repairs. And sometimes you will need to shore up some things on the home title or a repair that Bruce knows will be needed for the appraisal. The point is you can be prepared for a reverse mortgage and move now rather than waiting. In an interest rate increasing environment, acting quicker rather than later puts more money 
in your pocket. Call Bruce Simmons for a free consultation at 303-467-7821. That's 303-467-7821. Or schedule online now at klzradio.com slash reverse. And MLS 409914 American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender. All right, Dr. Scott, and we've had him on a few times now. And if you're looking for personalized care that's outside of the traditional way of doing insurance and, you know, big hospitals and pharma and so on, we have got an answer for you. And Dr. Scott would would be happy to assist you. And all you have to do is call and make an appointment with him today. And, yes, he has openings. He would love to have you as a patient. 303-663-6990. Are you looking for a health care provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. God. Country. Reason. Now back to John Rush. And we are back. Jordan Goodman, America's Money Answer Man. Jordan, what's the best way for folks to reach you once we're off air? They can email me at jordan at moneyanswers.com. That's always the best way. And you'll just email me all the time. I'm always glad to help. Appreciate it very much, Jordan. Unemployment numbers came out. They showed a cooling of the market. Talk about that. Yeah, people were expecting over 200,000 new jobs to be created last Friday, and it was 187,000. And actually, a lot of those jobs were government jobs, and the private sector was not adding as much jobs. I think there are some specific reasons for that. For example, look at what's happening in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay, all those actors, writers, all the people producing movies and TV shows are laid off at this point. And that right there was a big hit to the, uh, the jobs numbers. But in general, they're still adding jobs. But every month this year, the amount of jobs being added has been going down, down, down. So the, the job market is definitely cooling which the Federal Reserve, of course, likes. They don't want it to be too hot right. because that puts up too much pressure on wages, which they don't want to go up. They're going up at a 4.4% annual rate. They want that to come down as well. The Fed wants fewer jobs, less wage increases, a slower economy, uh, so that they don't have to keep raising rates. They did raise rates anyway, and we, I think I told you that we we're going to do that, and that's yeah. exactly what happened in yeah. July. Yeah. They raised rates another quarter point. Now, the next meeting is in September, and it's, it could go either way. It depends on what the data comes in between now and then. Um, on Thursday of this week, we're going to get the consumer price index number. The last one was 3%, so we'll see. So Ch- Chairman Powell says it's data dependent as to what, whether they go or not. So we're, we're not sure which way they're going to go in September. Yeah, and I, at this point, I don't know either. I think a lot of it will depend on what some of that data actually says. The other thing about some of the data that I think is interesting this time around versus what we've had in the past is, as you know, you look at some sectors of the 
economy, the job market, and there's still a big need. I mean, I've got clients that I consult with where they're looking for people. They can't find enough help. There's still sections of the economy where there's not enough help to go around, the trades being one of those, yet there's other areas where, of course, as you know, there's layoffs happening and different things along those lines. And it's almost like we're we're lopsided, which I wonder then, how does the Fed – how do they interpret the data in that case where we've still got sections of the economy that, frankly, don't have enough workers? Well, it's currently about 9.5 million unfilled jobs and roughly 5 million unemployed people. The problem is those 5 million people don't have the skills that are necessary for those 9.5 million jobs. It's right. just a big mismatch out there. And you're right, the trades, and I think that's only going to get worse as time goes on, yeah. because the people retiring, yep. the baby boomers who are now in their 60s and 70s, those are the ones in the trades, the plumbers, right. electricians, tool and die, you know, people right. working with their hands. That's right. Young people don't like to do that. It's beneath them. They, they want to design video games or something. You know? So right. we, we have a huge shortage, and it's going to be a bigger shortage, uh, because uh, young people just aren't going into those fields and, and the kind of numbers that the baby boomers did. Which, in that case, some of these young people, I know some of them, we've you know, I've got some clients, Jordan, that are hiring auto technicians at $65 an hour, and we call it flat rate billable hours in that case, which means they're making much more than that if they're an efficient technician. They're really up into the $80, $90 an hour range. Why, as a young person, would you not look at that? That is a very, very, very good income. It is, but they don't want to get their hands dirty, literally, in a case no, like that. They don't. Right? I, you're right. But, they're, but yet they're, it comes down to it. Yet, yet they're right? sacrificing their future by not wanting to do that. I don't get it. It's beneath them. You see, they're entitled to a desk job that they can do from home in their pajamas. <laughs> I'm they laughing with you, not at you, yeah. because you're 100% correct. I cannot, I cannot argue with that. You are 100% correct. And, and what happened with the, the pandemic is it just enforced it that whole worse. thing. Yes. You can work from home forever and remotely, and you don't even have to work where your employer is. I, I think I've told you before, my son works at Airbnb in San Francisco. Yep, that's right, that's right. And during the pandemic, they went permanently remote. So lots of the employees that used to live in San Francisco and come to the office at Airbnb now live in Montana and Bora Bora, <laughs> wherever, all over the world. They don't have to be there anymore permanently. Wow. So that's an example of how and, and it's working fine. It's working fine. People communicate by Zoom and text and Slack and so on, and, and it's, it seems to be working just fine. So not for every business, but for that well, one. Yeah, there's some industries, and that's one of them to where, let's face it, there's not a lot of innovation that has to happen. There's probably not even a lot of collaboration. Just get your things done, get your get your input handled and you know basically get your job done on a daily basis and it's not a huge huge issue companies that i do believe jordan have to collaborate and have to have innovation and so on i see a time where they may allow some work from home and you're seeing this in some companies there's some part you know there's some part of your week where you could do it from home but otherwise you're gonna have to be in an office because you can't collaborate otherwise banks and so on like that but i mean a lot of people learned and companies learned uh, when they couldn't come into the office, it was illegal when you had the pandemic to get by anyway. I'll give you an example. TV networks, okay? You know, CNBC had everybody broadcasting from home, and they kept the, the, the network running, okay? So now more people are coming back into the studio, but they learned you could run the network remotely. And, you know, that's an example you think you couldn't get away with, but they did. They mm-hmm. put cameras in all of the host homes. Right, and they maybe had somebody in the control room, but pretty much there was nobody there. <laughs> so things can be done today. And then 
you add on top of that artificial intelligence, right? And all kinds of things can be done remotely, Correct. and not even with humans anymore. Correct. No, that that's. A, I was talking to somebody about that over the weekend, and that's a game changer in and of itself. You and I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty of that, but that's going to be a shift in the overall economy at some point as well. As more and more companies realize there's certain things they could automate, use AI for it, and not saying it's a cure all for everything, but it will be like when the car came out and horse and buggy manufacturers had to make a shift. The same is going to happen here. How is artificial intelligence going to be used in auto repair? It's already being used to some extent on the front end of auto shops. In other words, you know how you handle the appointment end of things and get the customer through and the parts ordering and a lot, and a lot of those situations, Jordan, you could use AI and it's being used right now as we speak and even the uh, you know, the, the functionality of the shop itself. As far as fixing the car goes itself, no, that'll still be hands-on and will be for quite some time. I mean, you don't think diagnostics can be done eventually by AI when they plug it in and tell them what's wrong with the car? It's getting better. The problem in that world is because there's not been a lot of, quote-unquote, standardization among manufacturers. A lot of manufacturers still do things very unique to themselves, which I think they will be for quite some time. In fact... As more of them start to bring things in-house because of the chip shortage and they're not going to rely on outside companies anymore, I think that'll even become more proprietary than it has been in the past, given to more of what I just said, that the manufacturers themselves will control that. Now, is that good, bad, or otherwise? It'll just be what it is. Is it better today as far as diagnosing vehicles when it comes to what you just said? Yes, but it's still not a tell-all. In other words, just because you plug in and it tells you there's a particular code and a particular sensor problem, you still have to go through the process of, is it the sensor? Is it the wiring, too? Do we have a ground problem? There's all sorts of other things that flow into that. It's not as simple as plugging in and saying, yes, go replace that sensor. Yeah. I mean, over time, I think it's probably going to get better. Yes. And each manufacturer will have its own AI. I mean, Ford might have a different one than GM than Subaru or something. Correct. Uh, Because they all have different ones, but... I think over time, AI is going to play a bigger role. Oh, it will. No no doubt. Now, when it comes to some of the hard components like, you know, brakes and steering and alignments and things like that that are just mechanical things that will have to be done, no, AI is not going to take over that at all, ever. But so much of the car is chips these days. That's where it could really come in. Yeah, it is, but you still have suspension components and steering and braking and tires and wheels and, you know, rotating devices, things that wear, wearable parts and so on. There will be no – it's like the plumbing in your house, Jordan. There is no AI, no robot that's going to come in and fix that, at least (laughs) at this point. Now, 30 years from now, I mean, believe me, I've been in the auto industry the majority – of my life, I'm 58. I've been working on cars since I was 12. Have things changed dramatically since I was 12? Absolutely. Will there be a point in time where you could throw a machine that will actually, you know, change the brakes and do things on an automobile? No doubt, Jordan, that day's coming. In my opinion, though, it's definitely not in the next 10 years. I mean, robots are making cars now. Maybe robots could start fixing cars. Could be. I, I could see a day where some of that may happen and there'll be more assemblies by the way to where instead of changing just the pads you'll have an assembly that bolts on and a robot could change those assembly right. pieces in and out yeah that i think that day will definitely come how soon will that you know will that come i mean right now jordan we're having struggles with manufacturers even making their own chips so i don't think that's any that that's not tomorrow is it five years off 10 years off i don't know but it's a ways off but some of it has to be done because as we said there's not enough young people going into car repair. Very true. So the only solution is That's robots. Right. That's exactly. No, you are 100% correct. And, and I do believe that there will be some industries where 
I mean, even in even in the landscape world, which I'm a part of, we're seeing more and more robotics when it comes to the you know mowing of lawns and things along those lines. Right. Is it close yet? No, but you know, does every day that go by get us closer and closer to that point? Of course it does. I mean, it's it's a matter of time to where some of that stuff could be automated, and frankly, to your point, will have to be because there's not enough workers to go around. And you're seeing this is a major issue in the uh, actors and writers' strike. Sure, uh, because they are very correctly concerned uh, that artificial intelligence is going to take they, away yeah, I think they should be concerned. Be, yeah. Some of them should probably be looking to work on cars right now. They'd be better off. And that's probably they would be. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I think that the strike with the writers and actors is an existential crisis, and it could lead to the destruction of the entertainment industry in America. I don't think they're going to come to an agreement because the studios have less money to give out because of streaming than they had before. Right. And there's just less money for them. The pot has shrunk. And the actors and writers want a bigger piece of a bigger pot. Well, the bigger pot doesn't exist. And, and, you know, I, I, think and the I think there's another factor in this that I want to throw into that. I've all, I also think that they've lost connection with some of their true core, just like Anheuser-Busch did with some of their marketing. Some of these studios, right. Jordan, have literally lost touch of who their customer is. And... Yeah, Disney's the, another great example of that. Terrible. Disney I mean, forgot who their core customer was. Yeah, I mean, they've had, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer and uh, Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible. They had four big blockbusters this summer, but the rest of it, nobody's going to the movies for these other movies at all. Uh, they've been one bomb after another. So I, I really do not see how they're going to settle the actors and writers' strike. And now what's going to happen is, since nothing's going to be produced, we're going to get reruns, we're going to get reality TV, yeah. And people are going to start stopping their subscriptions to Netflix and yeah. Peacock and so on because there's not going to be new content. It's like a self-victim cycle here that's going to be killing the entertainment industry. Uh, Jordan, I, I don't think I can argue with that. If you're somebody, by the way, invested in that, I think I would think twice about where those investments are if I were them. Right. It, I mean, for the moment, the studios are saving money because they're not paying for production. That only lasts for so point, long. You've got to produce new stuff. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, that only lasts. And to you your can't point, just live off your library forever. Well, and yeah. to your point, even if they decide to bring some of these folks back, they all know that you could take one person that probably could replace five, if not ten, with AI. Why would you need ten writers when you could do it with two? Because it's in your union contract, which the <laughs> studios are not going to give them. But that's what they're trying to get. The, the yep. actors and writers know that AI can write scripts and yep. can do voiceovers yep. and can do video and can do audio and can do uh, computer graphic design and, you know, can do a lot of these things. Correct. Cut back dramatically. I think there's over 600,000 people who work in the entertainment industry in the Los Angeles area only, something like that. So it's a major employer directly. Yep. And then just think indirectly. Think of the movie theaters around the country that are going to have nothing to show. And all the restaurants feed people feed going to those movies, yep. right? It has a real kind of multiplier effect around the country. You know, I, I think you're, you're spot on. We'll come back. We'll talk more about that. Questions for Jordan, please let us know. 307-200-8222, or you can send Jordan an email directly after we're done. Jordan at moneyanswers.com. We'll be right back. Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air is next. Don't forget to ask about the Quiet Cool system and how it would work for you and your home and how it would save you money today. Find them at klzradio.com. Your air conditioner is costing you a fortune, and Denver is the perfect climate for quiet, cool, attic, and whole house technology, so you can save money and enjoy a cool home. Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air is now your source for quiet, cool technology. 
With a quiet, cool whole house or attic fan, you can use the cool evenings and mornings to your advantage by pulling the cool air in and pushing the hot air out, giving you a lower baseline temperature to start with and ensuring that your expensive air conditioner isn't doing all the work. The U.S. Department of Energy calls quiet, cool fans the most cost-efficient way to cool any home. Don't sweat your way through the summer this year or pay a fortune to run your air conditioner. Get a quiet, cool attic or whole house fan installed with absolute electrical, plumbing, heating, and air today. KLZ listeners can save $300 on a quiet, cool installation. Just go to klzradio.com absolute and fill out the short form. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Veteran Windows and Doors, anything you need when it comes to your home and new doors and windows as we head into fall and winter, which is not that far away. Give Dave a call today. 40% off right now. Find him at klzradio.com. Veteran Windows and Doors actually educates their customers so they know exactly what their codes are. All of their products are rated to exceed those codes and maximize the return on your investment. Everyone claims to make the best windows and doors, but Veterans knows that every window and door has to be tested for how efficient it truly is. Owner Dave Bancroft will tell you the energy efficiency ratings have to be clearly labeled on your windows and doors when you receive them at your home. If the windows and doors are not Energy Star certified or do not meet your local energy codes, the windows will not earn you any rebates, credits, or energy savings. Window and door replacement is a great investment in your home. However, if they aren't properly rated for efficiency, you are just throwing your money out the window. No pressure, no upsell, just plain facts so you can make the best decision for your home. Get 40% off labor and material costs for the month of August with Veteran Windows and Doors by visiting klzradio.com window. All right, Ridgeline Auto Brokers is next, folks. Again, whether you're looking to up or go down when it comes to your vehicle. They can do either for you and love to help you out. Got a great selection of vehicles. If there's something they don't have, they'll do their best to find it as well. Find them at RidgelineAutobrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutobrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutobrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. This is Rush to Reason. Powered by Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air. All right, we are back. Jordan Goodman, America's Money Answer Man. And again, you can find Jordan, or you can talk to Jordan, I should say. Just email him directly, jordan at moneyanswers.com. Jordan, jumping back into the artificial 
intelligence ends of things where we were talking a moment ago mm-hmm. about investments and that's of course your world and how to look at things along those lines will well is there is there opportunity to invest in those particular companies or is that still pretty uh pretty the, you know pretty much the wild west at this point when it comes to the companies no themselves? no this is like this is what's been driving the market here is all the companies that are going to benefit from artificial intelligence the best of all is nvidia we've talked about this before they make the chips that power artificial intelligence, which takes a lot of power, and all these companies, Google and Microsoft and uh, Facebook and so on, are buying tons of servers that have NVIDIA chips in them to drive the enormous memory and computing power that's necessary for AI. So NVIDIA is a pure player, and obviously the stock's got a big big move on that as well. Then the big companies, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, they're all doing artificial intelligence in their own ways. It's a smaller piece of the, the pie, but it's clearly a play for them as well. Apple's coming out with I mean everybody's going to have their own artificial intelligence but the purest play I would say would be Nvidia. Okay. Makes total sense. Now, when it comes to the software ends of it, is there a play there too or is this more just strictly the hardware end of it right now? No, no, it's it's the software. I mean, Microsoft is embedding a uh, ChatGPT into Microsoft Word and Excel and all of its uh, Bing, okay. all of those kind of things. Okay. Uh, Google has what's called BARD. Right. which is their artificial intelligence. So when you do a, a Google search, uh, BARD is going to be doing it for you in an artificial intelligence way. Uh, Facebook is, is uh, certainly uh, going to use artificial intelligence in you know, how you post on Facebook and how you like things. And then the metaverse. I mean, <laughs> they've changed their name from Facebook to the you know, meta because it's, it's hard to imagine how artificial intelligence on the metaverse is going to merge. But it's going to be pretty wild. I mean, just to give you some examples, you have these goggles now. Right. And, I mean, for example, Apple has this, I think it's called the Vision Pro that came Correct. out with recently. Correct. Uh, you are, like, literally in a soccer game, and you feel like the ball's going to hit you in the face. You duck. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's that it's real. that real. Right. Um, and, and you just power that more with artificial intelligence. It's kind of hard to imagine how, how good this is going to get. Um, so that's kind of the entertainment side, but it also can be used in industrial applications. Uh, I mean, just to give you an example, you, you want to uh, look inside a nuclear reactor, but you don't want to go in there and uh, get, a, get radiated. So you can send uh, a robot in there, run by artificial intelligence and by goggles, to inspect the nuclear reactor. I mean, there's just all kinds of things we can't even think about at this point that's going to be used. Agree. So there is opportunity along those lines. Given all of what you just said and the fact that the economy is actually doing fairly well considering, why are we being downgraded credit-wise? So that was a big deal that happened last week when Fitch downgraded the U.S. government credit rating from AAA to AA+. Standard & Poor's had done the same thing in 2011 when we had the debt ceiling crisis then. So Moody's is the last major rating agency uh, to still have a AAA rating on the U.S. credit. Uh, Fitch said they did it because of all the games that are going on in Washington. We have these debt ceiling crises. I mean, the one we had in June, literally it was hours before we were about to default from national debt that they finally passed it and signed into law. It was within a few hours. <laughs> do these I mean, knuckleheads not understand kind of that we have a law that doesn't allow us to default? Do they not understand that? Are they that dumb? They are that dumb. We are not yes, going they, to they default have. on the debt ever. So do these guys live under a rock? Or not understand yes, the do. Constitution, or what? I'm, I'm confused. It, it gives them power, which is what they want. 
and they get con- concessions out of each other, although it didn't mean much in this case. I mean, the Republicans, in theory, got some budget cuts out of the debt ceiling, but not really. Yeah, not no side, really no side really won problem. on this deal. That's right. But I'm just saying, this is why Fitch um, said that they are downgrading the U.S. credit rating uh, because of all these games. It makes people nervous, and, and we're not as, you know, what, what's the word? It, it's impossible to default national debt. I mean, it became quite close to possible. But it didn't. In, I mean, uh, that, that, was, that was a bunch of, you know, you know, pumped up jargon from the news media and so on, and people that honestly don't know what they're talking about. Again, if these guys really dug into it, they'd find out that, first of all, there's enough money coming in to more than cover the national debt. Furthermore, we've got laws on the books that say we can't default. We're not going to. We weren't going to. We weren't even on the edge of it. Well, we were on the edge of it. No, we I mean, weren't. No, we weren't. We bring in enough cash on a daily basis to more than cover that debt. You and I both know that. So, uh, in that case, if they, what happened after they raised the debt ceiling? The, the Treasury went on a just huge debt issuance binge. They've yeah, been because issuing, they got to cover all the other crap we're paying for outside of the debt. Right. It's been a trillion dollars a month since uh, a trillion dollars in June. July and now August, it's going to be a trillion dollars per month in new issuance of debt because they couldn't issue debt from January when we hit the debt ceiling up to June when they had the agreement. So if they couldn't issue debt, they wouldn't be able to pay their bills because, you know, we're, we're taking in far less than we're spending, and the debt, the, the, um, the deficit is soaring yes. right now, just yes. soaring. Yes, and again... It- and I know it's a moot point, doesn't matter, because I don't control what they do with credit ratings and so on. I just, at times I wonder, listen, I, I'm a uneducated, non-college graduate moron that can figure this stuff out. Why can't they? Yeah, it's, it's all about political power. And, and I don't, I mean, it would make sense not to have the debt ceiling like that, but it gives them power to, to, to yeah. do these kind of things. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to do away with it. Now, the next crisis coming up, just see, we just finished one, but just so you know, there's another one coming up. At the end of September right. is when the fiscal year ends. All the budgets are not going to be done. Supposedly, they're going to have 12 appropriations bills that are passed by then. That's not going to happen. And so at the end of the fiscal year, uh, we're going to shut the government down again. I don't think they're going to be able to come to an agreement. And in the debt ceiling bill, it said if they don't pass all 12 appropriations bills and get them through Congress and there's going to be a mandatory, across-the-board, 1% budget cut. So supposedly that'll go into effect while we're shutting the government down. So we're like a month and a half away from another crisis. Yeah, and that one, again, is not going to go much different than this last one did, because both sides are going <laughs> to fight over it. And, and, and there's no doubt. And you're, you know, you're like me in this regard. We have far too much debt. It's growing too fast. They've got to make some cutbacks. The problem is nobody wants to pull the purse strings back. No one, neither side, wants to pull back the purse strings. Well, the big one is entitlements. I mean, if you really want to be serious, uh, you, you've got to hit Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security somehow. Yep. And raising taxes raising the retirement age, uh, taxing a uh, higher percentage of people's wages. I mean, there are things you can do that are not huge, but they would make a difference, and they're not willing to do a third grade of politics. They go into the negotiations of the debt ceiling bill saying, we're not even looking at the entitlements, we're not even thinking about it. It's just not even on the table at all. So that takes away most of it. Then you have interest in the national debt, which you can't take away. And obviously, as we keep adding more and more debt, just so the debt keeps rising, not only because of the amount of debt, 
but interest rates have been rising. I mean, they're not paying 5.5% on Treasury bills. Two years ago, they were paying zero. Right. So the debt is more expensive, Correct. and there's more of it. And then the third area is defense, which people don't think we're going to cut. We've got a war going on in Ukraine. We've run out of ammunition. <laughs> and then we're not China saying the other way to reduce debt as a country is sell your natural resources. We're not doing enough of that. I mean, you can just keep going down the list. I mean, honestly, Jordan, the other thing that needs to happen, governmentally speaking, especially on the federal side, and this is what we're talking about, not even the state and local side, is there needs to be incentive to lower your budgets, not increase them. You know, I, for one, know how that works on the Fed and the state and local level. If you don't spend what you had last year, you don't get it, and they're going to cut it. Well, there should be incentive to actually make that happen and give these individuals incentive to reduce what we're spending. Rather, we do it the other way around. We incentivize them to spend more. Correct. Correct. And then on top of that, they want to spend even more uh, for the CHIPS Act and the infrastructure bill Correct. and giving $400 billion away to people to... Uh, cancel student loans. I mean, it goes on and on and on. All these things cost money we don't have. And we, you know, this is an example of where, you know, in families can't do it, neither can governments. You can't spend your way out of this, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Well, what we do, what governments can and are doing is they're printing their way out of it. Well, okay? and that just causes they, other problems, as you the know. dollars, and that's why you have inflation, and that's why the dollar is falling in value and other currencies are falling in value. What's going up? Gold and Bitcoin, the alternatives to the dollar. Because people are losing faith in the currencies because we keep printing so much of it. I mean, the, the dramatic example would be Zimbabwe or Venezuela. Right. They printed so much currency, it literally became worthless. Yep. I mean, it's just nothing. <laughs> Wheelbarrows aren't even enough to buy a tomato nope. or something. Nope. So that's kind of a dramatic example. But we're printing a lot of money right now, and we're borrowing a huge, literally trillions of dollars per month. Okay, we come back. Let's talk about where folks should be investing to avoid some of what you just said as far as some of those pitfalls go. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next, folks. Keep that number handy, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. Hi-Fi Plumbing has made convenience for their customers a top priority. Hi-Five maintains a well-stocked inventory readily available for their technicians at all times. So the technician who comes out to help you remains at your home to complete the project the same day. On the rare occasion they need a part, another team member will bring the part to them, leaving no more I'll be back in three hours visits. On top of that, their window for service is only two hours, respecting your valuable time and notifying you when they are on the way. High Five Plumbing also offers weekend appointments and evening appointments to meet your busy schedule. High Five makes every effort to make your plumbing experience convenient and hassle-free. You can call or email to schedule your plumbing services with High Five. You want a company who makes your time their priority. So call High Five for that at 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or just go to klzradio.com slash plumbing today. My ceiling is raining because the bats are just a training. Call High Five for this. Call High Five for this. All right, Al Smith, our financial advisor here at KLZ, would love to help you with whatever financial needs you have going on down the road, and he's licensed here, can help you directly as well. Give him a call today. Any questions you've got, 303-744-1128. When you go it alone, saving for retirement, Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows you take on significant risk for making the wrong moves with your hard-earned money. When you work with Al, performance may increase up to 20% more than employer-sponsored plans or with automated services. As an experienced advisor, Al uses over 30 years of retirement planning experience to help you understand what drives a good retirement plan. 
Al gets to know you personally so he can understand your goals, fears, and needs and gives you the best guidance possible given your unique situation. Approaching retirement doesn't need to be difficult. You just need the experience of Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial to direct you on the smart way to go. So visit klzradio.com money now to schedule a no-strings-free consultation and take control of your retirement plan. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM, and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Michael Bailey Law, mobile estate planning. Make sure that your estate is in order before something, uh, you don't want to talk about it, but before something like that would happen to you, you want to make sure things are dialed in. Give him a call. Remember, you can listen tomorrow to his show here on KLZ from 2.30 to 3 o'clock. That's Michael Bailey Law, mobile estate planning. Find him at klzradio.com. If you don't use Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, the government will be happy to decide everything for you. It is up to you to dictate exactly what happens to your assets when you pass. Otherwise, a court will be happy to take care of it for you. They offer an easy 144-month estimated turnaround to sort out your assets. And in some cases, they can even draw your case out longer. Why would you want to put your family through the trauma of this kind of scenario and allow state probate courts and investigators to invade every aspect of their privacy? Doing things the right way now with Michael Bailey means that your dying wishes will be honored exactly as you intend. Completing a will with Michael Bailey means that your full estate will go to your family instead of a third or more going to pay legal fees to battle it out later. Let Michael Bailey give your family peace after your death by getting your affairs in order now. Get started by going to klzradio.com estate. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. All right, we are back. Jordan Goodman, again, Money Answers, or our Money Answer Man, I should say, moneyanswers.com. Jordan at is what I should say to reach him. Jordan, when it comes to, as I said a moment ago, sort of, uh, you know, preparing for the things that you just mentioned a moment ago, what are the best things folks should be doing right now? Well, clearly what's been leading the stock market is the so-called Magnificent Seven, the big technology stocks, Amazon, Apple, uh, Google, uh, Meta, which is Facebook, um, uh, NVIDIA. You know, those are the companies that are leading the market right now. So you can battle it or you can go with it. <laughs> I would say go with it because their earnings have been good. We have some pretty good earnings reports from all of them in the last you know, week or so. Okay. Uh, Apple is about to come out with the Apple 15 phone in September. So that will give them a bit of a boost. Um, and they're financially strong, and they're crushing every all their opponents. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft about to um, finish its um, uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which will make them stronger in the right. games market. Right. So, so it, all of them have their own strengths, and those have been the vast majority of the gains in the stock market this year have been in those magnificent seven. Okay. What about some of the EV companies, Fisker, Rivian, and so on? What are your thoughts on some of those guys? Well, Rivian's doing decently. Fisker is not doing well at all. Uh, Lucid Motors, I think it even closed down or something, right? I mean, it just pretty much fell apart. Uh, obviously, the big companies are going in. If you want to play EVs as an investor, obviously Tesla is the way to go. Right. Uh, Tesla's still leading market share. They're coming out with this truck. I don't know if they've actually come out with it, but very soon they're going to come out with this uh, kind of pickup truck. truck in their own style. That's going to probably be a big hit as well. They've got factories in Shanghai, Austin. 
California, uh, Berlin, and they're all over the world right now. And so they're by far the leaders in that area. I must say I see some weakness in the EV market. Yep. If you look at resale values, my understanding is they've actually been coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, people are worried about having to replace the battery, which will be a very expensive thing. Mm-hmm. And there's still so-called range anxiety out there. Is. There. Yes. Uh, there. There are some change charging stations, but not enough. Um, and people are worried about losing power in the middle of nowhere. Um, so over time, they're going to build more charging stations, but it's not there yet. And then there's always this question of how are we going to have enough minerals to build all these electric cars? I think there are these mandates. I think California is, what, 2035 or yeah, something? We have all one cars. here in Colorado as well. So, yes, they're, they're happening state by state. What, what, what is the uh, year? Is it 2035 or something yes, like that? that's correct. Something like that. So, I mean, we have... You know, I think it's 2030 ago. for California, actually, Jordan, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, whatever. You have seven years to go to completely turn over the car fleet. Uh, we don't have enough nickel and cadmium and lithium and all the things you need for the batteries. Not even close to all the cars in California turning over to electric over time. Okay, and really quick, it's just so everybody doesn't correct me on the 68% by 2030, 100% by 2035. So we're both right. It's just almost 70% by 2030 and 100% by 2035. That's huge. So those that are the two markers. Millions of cars. We, we do not have enough minerals. We do not. On Earth. To, to, we do not. To you are correct. Just for California alone, never mind the rest of the country. That's correct. No, so nor do we have like enough power in the solution. grid out there to even do what they're talking about. Yeah, and on top of that, you're adding to the electric grid which is at its breaking point right now with all the heat we've had this summer around the country. The electric grid is at its breaking point. I mean, they're actually telling you, you know, turn off your air conditioner so we don't break the the grid. There's some in California where they're saying don't charge the car even. I mean, they're they're, they're literally saying some of those things to to your point. So, no, I I agree with you in that. I mean, it's, it's, again, as a car guy, uh, there are some... How should I say this? Some consumer worries over a lot of what you just said. Right. Now, the reality is, and I own one, so I can speak to this. The reality is most people, when it comes to the range anxiety, frankly, are worried about something they shouldn't be. Very, very few people on a daily basis drive more than some of these will have 250 to 350-mile range, right. depending upon what you buy. The reality is, Jordan, for most people, that's well more than enough of what they would do on a daily exactly. basis. You charge exactly. up at night when you're asleep. It's not a big issue. But that exi- that anxiety is still there and you've got to, you know what, what i don't think the government and or manufacturers of them realize is that's a real anxiety it's a real thing for people that you have to somehow educate them through and frankly jordan they're not accomplishing that right now right well i mean you have to build a ton more charging stations right now tesla's kind of in a monopoly position because GM and Ford are saying they're going to use the Tesla stand, and other car makers are doing the same thing. I can see, not too long in the future, they have long lines in front of charging yes. stations for people to charge up. Yes. Just as, you know, I mean, that would not be a good thing for people if they're sitting there waiting for hours to get their cars charged up because there's Correct. not enough chargers out there. Correct. It's going, well, it's going to limit, to your point a moment ago, who actually ends up buying them. And if you're somebody that, you know, takes that periodic trip and you go a long distance and, you know, out west here, that is not uncommon for us to drive from state to state. And if you're one of those individuals, it's really going going to limit you. Now, I will also say that, uh, you know, the expense side of this is a big deal. I'm going to talk later in the program about some of the rebates that are going on here in Colorado, which, you know, as you and I both know, those rebates as I, you know, i.e. tax dollars that are helping somebody else buy a car, those aren't going to last forever either. Eventually, these things will have to sell on their own. And frankly, right now, they're not. It'll make it much more expensive. Yeah. It'll make it much more. Am I correct that the resale value of electric cars is coming down? Yes, greatly. 
I've heard that, right? Yes, you are correct. Because people are worried that they're going to have to replace the battery for several thousand correct. dollars if it's been out there for a while. And they don't get the same tax incentives. So again, the cars don't sell as well on the resale market because they don't have those incentives they would get buying a new one. Right. So two strikes so that, against that's them. That's a big part of a car market is what the resale value is. Oh, if yes. If the resale value is falling, that affects the pricing of the car and that's right. leasing and the cap rate and all these different things. That's exactly things. right. So You're correct. Everybody kind of thinks, oh, EVs are just going to take over the world. It's all just... Mm, not nice at this smooth, point. They're not. Not <laughs> at this point. There's a lot point. of bumps on the road. Well, and, and right now, and this, is, this kind of comes back to the investment strategy, the strategy that Toyota, for example, has right now, where they're talking full, you know, they're talking about a full lineup of several EVs by 2026, I want to say, with a longer range than what we currently have right now. But, Jordan, they've gone the hybrid route, which, by the way, is working very, very well for them, to where there's no range anxiety anymore because you're using a hybrid method. You're not really plugging the car in ever. You're letting the onboard engine do a lot of the work as well. You're still getting the fuel economy out of it you want, and it's a good combo. That's what I've always had. My cars have been hybrid for a long time. It works it's very quiet as well, Yep. and you get really great gas mileage. And I think anything under 60 miles an hour, you're pretty much working on the electric, and then over that, you use gas. So it's very efficient. So, yes, but, I mean, that's not what the mandates. I think the mandates do not allow hybrid. They do not. You are, you are correct. correct. You're correct. That's, and, that, and, that, and again, I think that's a, that, you know, what we're doing there, and can't, we're, you know, we're getting close on time here, but we're mandating what the free market is doing, and as you know, that never works. And this is a classic example. I mean, if they allowed hybrids, that would allow us to make that transition. That's right. But they're saying, no, you've got to go straight from gas to only EV. to electric. That's right. It's not going to happen. Nope, I agree happen. with you. You're 100% correct. Again, Jordan, how do folks find you, sir? Uh, Jordan at MoneyAnswers.com. Always glad to help your listeners. Appreciate it very much, Jordan. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next month. And American National Insurance is up next. My, As we are talking through all these vehicles, by the way, you've got to have good insurance, whether it's on your home, your auto, uh, you name it, you've got to have great insurance, and you can save money by doing different things when it comes to your insurance as well. Paul Lewinberger, my good friend, can help you with all of that, by the way. 303-662-0789. Paul Lewinberger will teach you how to pay for home insurance the right way, saving money on premiums while protecting yourself from catastrophic costs in the future. American National Insurance keeps premiums low by attracting clients who choose to self-insure the small stuff. Most people don't understand basic economics, so they file claims all the time, driving up the cost of insurance year after year. You listen to Rush to Reason, so you probably have a better head on your shoulders, financially speaking, than the average homeowner. Still, you can learn new strategies from Paul Lewinberger to practice responsible money management. The smartest homeowners only file claims in emergencies, opting to pay out-of-pocket for everyday expenses. Personal responsibility benefits everyone, enabling you to afford total loss coverage. Call John's personal insurance agent, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance for details about his one-of-a-kind rebate program, 303-662-0789. We don't yell at you. We inform you. Now, back to Rush to Reason. The other thing that happens, by the way, when you start mandating certain things that are outside of what the free market wants is what's happening in London. Now, this isn't here yet, but I say yet. In London, they have a system whereby if you're driving a vehicle that is a higher polluter, you get charged extra to drive said vehicle. So they put these different cameras and systems up that actually sense your vehicle. And if your vehicle is polluting more than it should, there's a toll, quote unquote, 
that goes along with that. Well, what's happening in London right now is activists that are upset over these charges are disabling or vandalizing said cameras. Now, I'm not one to ever tell anybody to destroy you know, property along these lines, but in this particular case, they're very upset about this going on, and I cannot blame them for such a stupid way of doing things, by the way. So they are taking matters into their own hands, and literally they are destroying said testing devices, I guess is the way I should say it, cameras and the like, basically saying, you know, um, sticking their middle finger up at government, if you would, is, is essentially what these activists are doing. Again, goes back to the point I made with Jordan a moment ago. You cannot force these sorts of things upon individuals, or they will retaliate. In the case of EVs, they're just not selling as well now because of that. I'll talk a little bit later in the program about what's going on in Colorado with different incentives along those lines. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.